Welcome to the Stop Drinking Podcast, where we help you make stopping drinking a simple, logical, and easy decision. We help you with tips, tools, and strategies to start living your best life when alcohol-free. If you want to learn more about Stop Drinking Coaching, then head over to www.soberclear.com. There are thousands of drinkers out there that get to 50, 60, 70 years of age after drinking for 30, 40 years, they look back at their life and they don't realize that they were actually addicted to a drug. Listen, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people in that exact scenario. But despite alcohol causing so many deaths, so much pain, so much illness, why do people still do it? Why don't people kind of just look at the drug look at the problems that it causes, click their fingers and say, I don't want to do that anymore. Well, that is exactly what I'm going to be breaking down for you in this video today. We're looking at six painful reasons why you and so many other millions of people actually drink alcohol. Now, why should you listen to me? Well, my name is Leon Sylvester. I run a company called Soberclear. And what I do is I help business owners and professionals stop drinking without AA willpower and rehab. And actually, I'll play a few like, you know, you can have a look at some of the reviews on the screen right now. You can see we're getting awesome results. And I've not drank now for just coming up to three years. And the stuff that I'm going to teach you in this video today is just not going to be the same as other stop drinking content that you might have seen. We're really going to go deep because the whole purpose of my channel, the whole purpose of my business is to help you apply first principles thinking, which means that we break down problems like reasons why people drink, like all the other videos on the channel, and we break them down from first principles. So we really analyze information and break it down and go to new levels with it. So that's what we're doing in this video. So you're definitely going to want to watch this video in full, because if you can bring awareness to the reasons why you drink and why other people drink, what it helps you do is create a new paradigm. It helps you create a new worldview. It helps you really put the pieces together to understand this problem. So if if you're able to look at the reasons why you drink and you're able to dissect them individually, then the reasons almost disappear. So that's kind of the goal is I want to break the reasons down for you, but then I want to dissect them and I want to explain why that none of these reasons are actually valid, right? And you'll have, I'm almost sure that everybody that's watching this video will have used or justified their drinking with all of these things. I don't think there's going to be one that you're not going to be nodding your head at going, yep, that's me. That's me as well. So without any further delay, let's get into it. So the very first reason why people drink alcohol. Well, the reason is because they think that it helps to de-stress and relax you. Now, if you think of the typical drinker, right, what is the pattern of a typical drinker? Well, quite often, not always, quite often they have, you know, a, a job, they might have a family, they've got things within their life that are naturally stressful, right? I've got things in my life that are still stressful today as a non-drinker. You know, I just had a family member that got pretty ill, right? It was very, very scary. And that's very, very stressful. You know, run a business, very, very stressful. Uh, The training that I put my body through, it's stressful. It doesn't really matter whether you drink or not, right? Life is stressful. And if you're a drinker, then there's no doubt about it. You're going to have things in your life that cause a lot of stress. Kids, whatever. Now, think of what the typical drinker does, right? The typical drinker will wake up in the morning and they'll have probably had some drinks the night before. So they'll wake up a little bit groggy, right? They'll wake up a bit tired, a bit hungover. They might not want to eat their breakfast. They might just like force a bit of orange juice down. And then they they say they go to work. And at work, they just get through the morning and they're kind of getting through like a little bit of a haze and a hangover and a fog. Uh, And then they'll get to lunchtime and then they'll have a bit of food and they'll start to feel a bit better. 
And usually, you know, they'll have told themselves, you know, I'm not going to drink again or that's it. I'm finished with alcohol. And more often than not, they'll get to lunchtime. They'll feel better. And all of a sudden, then they'll start thinking about alcohol again. They'll be feeling like, mm, you know, maybe I could have a pint. Maybe I could have a glass of wine. I don't feel so bad anymore. And then they get home after this hard, stressful day of work. And now they're feeling okay. They don't have the hangover. You know, they don't have that, that really bad feeling like they had in the morning. And they get home and they put the TV on and they sit down, but they just can't relax, right? There's something not quite right. And basically what happens is as soon as the drinker then has that drink, that alcoholic drink, the stress melts away. It's almost like, oh, I can relax. And now the problem is, is that the drinker now thinks that it's the alcohol that's causing them to relax. It's like alcohol is actually helping you calm down. What they don't realize is that number one is that the things that were making them stressed in the first place are not going anywhere. They're still going to be there. They're still going to have to handle them. And the second thing they don't realize is that if they didn't drink alcohol, they wouldn't feel the need to get rid of the craving, right? And I know this is going to sound a bit strange to a lot of you guys, but the reason why they can't relax properly is because they're suffering from a craving, which is almost imperceptible. Most people don't even realize that they are craving a drug, but then when they take it, they can relax, right? The same way, there's, there's, I'm, I'm really sorry to use a crude example, but when a heroin addict is withdrawing from heroin, they can't relax. They take the heroin, they feel relaxed. What would you say? Would you say that it's the heroin helping the heroin addict to relax? Or is it the fact that they're addicted to a drug and they've now had their fix? I know that's a crude example, right? And I know that a lot of you guys are going to look at me and think, Leon, it's just alcohol. It's not heroin. Listen, it's an addictive drug. There's no difference. Okay, the, the, the difference is, is that we're not conditioned to see heroin as a good thing. We know that heroin is a damn bad drug that causes so much pain, but we don't see alcohol the same way. Well, of course, you know, we will do to some certain degrees, but most people don't see alcohol that way. But at the same time, it is a drug, right? And this idea that alcohol is helping you de-stress and helping you relax, it's ludicrous. It does nothing to help you relax. It does nothing to de-stress you. And the only reason why you're drinking it is because you want to feel how a non-drinker feels all of the time, right? I don't need alcohol to help me relax. If I feel stressed and I drink alcohol, is that stressful situation going to change? No, of course not. When my family member was poorly, if I drank alcohol, would that change the situation? Absolutely not. So this idea that alcohol is helping you de-stress, helping you relax, I'm sorry, but it's ludicrous. It's, it's just not true. And this is massive. I'm telling you, millions of drinkers out there believe that it is helping them relax. Right? I'll tell you what helps you relax going for a walk on the beach, switching your phone off, going for a long bath, going for a massage. These are things that genuinely relax you, right? Taking a drug and prolonging an addiction is not helping you relax. Sorry to sound brutal, but this is what it's all about. You know, it's, I'm sorry, but for some people, this is life or death. If they don't kind of realize this, they're going to keep in that cycle for years. So anyway, the next thing that I want to touch on and the next reason why so many people drink alcohol is because they buy into the marketing and when I say marketing, what I'm really mean is the imagery and what is portrayed to society when it comes to alcohol. Now, there's a, one of my mentors taught me that the reason why anybody makes any purchase is because what they're trying to do is they're trying to align their current version of themselves with the person that they think that they are. Now, this is really quite an interesting way to look at things, because if you think of any purchase, right, let's say like the, the, the businessman that buys the BMW or the Mercedes or, you know, the flash car. Why do they buy that car? Well, it's because they're currently this version of them and they think that the best version of them or the version that they really see themselves as as a successful person would drive 
this car. That's why they make the purchase. And we can really break that down for, for all sorts of things, you know, from like, you know, why do some people invest in coaches? Well, it's because they might see themselves as a high performer and somebody that invests in themselves and has a lot of self-belief, therefore they buy a coach. And if we really look at what marketing does, especially, you know, big marketing campaigns that have got, you know, millions of dollars behind them with great branding and great minds working on them, it's all about an image and it's all about a character that they're trying to show you that you could become as a result of purchasing this product. Right? That's what like a very, very, very good marketing campaigns do. They, you, you, you watch these campaigns and you're like, whoa, if I buy that product, I'm gonna be like them. And that's why they get people like celebrities to endorse products and big influencers to endorse products and people that you respect and admire. And for example, you know, sporting products as well. Like just think about like the, the you know, when Cristiano Ronaldo is promoting a football boot, you're kind of now associating yourself of buying a product that he promotes so it gets you a bit closer to that kind of person, right? That kind of football player. Just, just like a random example. And I, when I say football, I mean soccer. I know a lot of people are American on this channel. Anyway, the point is, if we look at the way that alcohol is portrayed, what we get led to believe is that, let's say, for example, you know, you've got like the typical guy that plays a lot of sport, you know, and then, and then he starts seeing marketing campaigns where alcohol is associated with with lads and sporting success. So he can now buy this product and now he's aligning himself with, with what's being portrayed in the, in the marketing, right? It's like camaraderie and, and, and bravado and blah, blah, blah. This can also be the same for female advertising marketing campaigns where they show sophistication and glamour and luxury and sipping the wine and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, you might have like the whiskey campaigns that show sophistication again and suits and, and masculinity and you know, you're, you, if you buy this product, you're going to align with these values. <laughs> it's all nonsense. It's all crap, right? Alcohol is a drug and it's the same drug in all of these bottles. There's no difference between the drug, right? The same drug in, it's the same drug in whiskey, is the same drug in wine, is the same drug in beer. But all of a sudden, you know, because you're buying this, 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 into this brand, into these messages, into this imagery, you start to associate yourself with what that brand is portraying. Now, if you break things down from first principles, if you really look at this, you just see that you're really buying into an illusion that somebody else has created because they want to profit from your addiction. Not a conspiracy, right? This is not a conspiracy. This is very, very basic. You know, it's marketing. That's, that's what they're doing is they want you to align with their product. They want you to see yourself using that product because you align with a better quality version of yourself. If you buy into this stuff, if you buy into the illusion of alcohol being a good thing, of something that's gonna enhance your life, it's game over. Because alcohol cannot enhance your life. It doesn't enhance your life because there's no benefit to consuming it. It's ethanol, it's a poison. There is no benefit to consuming ethanol, right? So that is another reason that keeps people drinking for years. They believe that the marketing is true. They don't break things down from first principles. They don't say, hang on, wait a minute. Is this true or is this nonsense? It's nonsense. Next reason why people keep drinking for years. And it's because they think that they have something wrong with them or you have something wrong with you. And what I really mean by this is when, you know, people, they drink and they try to stop. That's, that's what I'm getting at here. So let's say, you know, you've drank for five years and you try to stop and you last a month and you drink again and then you drink for two months then you stop again for two weeks and then you drink for six months and you stop again for a month and you keep going through this cycle, right? Of like taking a week off, getting smashed for a month, two weeks off, joining a challenge, whatever. And what can sometimes happen for some people is they see other people around them stopping 
They see other people around them as normal drinkers. They see other people around them successfully moderating. And then they look at themselves and they think, well, why can't I do that? Why can't I be like them? Now, one of the biggest mistakes that people do at this point is they start to say, maybe I have something wrong with me. And the real problem is what can happen is they'll go to doctors, they'll go to therapists, they'll go to counseling, and they'll say, why can't I stop drinking? Well, this is where they get told the next thing. They get told that they may be an alcoholic. And now this is where things can get a little bit more sinister, a little bit more dangerous, because if you start to think of yourself as an alcoholic, you really have to think of yourself as the problem. The marketing is not the problem anymore, right? De-stressing is not the problem anymore. The only reason why you can't control your drinking is because you are the problem. You have a disease. There is no known cure for you to control your drinking. And see, what happened in my personal life is, is when I was in my early 20s, I went to AA and I got told that I was an alcoholic and I believed it, right? I bought into it. So what do you think happens if I choose to drink again? Well, now I've got a rationalization. Now I've got an excuse. Well, I drink because I am an alcoholic. You know, I've got a problem. This is what I do. Now, I know for some of you guys, you're going to say at the same time, I could be calling myself an alcoholic and I don't drink. That's great. But what about the people that go to AA or go to therapists and get told that they're an alcoholic and they don't stop drinking? Right? This is where it gets a little bit dangerous because they are telling themselves that they are the problem, not the drug, not the conditioning, not the illusion of it being a good thing, right? They are the problem. And the only way that you can fix being an alcoholic is through asking for help through God. That's if you're following a 12-step system. I don't think there is a, they, they say that there's no known cure. Listen, this keeps people stuck for years. This kept me stuck for a very long time, was thinking that I'm the problem. I want to tell you that you have got nothing wrong with you. You're not the problem. You're a powerful person. You know, you're probably a successful person already. You're probably very happy. And the drug is the problem. You are not the problem. The society that we live in that really portrays alcohol as a good thing, that is the problem. And that's why we use first principles thinking. That's why we break these things down and we build them back up. Because if you buy into these things that 99% of the population buy into, it's game over, right? It's just going to be such a challenge for you to stop drinking, which leads me to the fourth point, And it's that you haven't got to the root cause of the problem. And what I mean by the root cause is basically all of this stuff is, is what it's really saying is that alcohol is a good thing. And, and, and what I mean by this is that is what society thinks. Society thinks that alcohol is a good thing. It's a beneficial thing that adds real value in the world. It's not something that's bad. It's something that's good. It's something that helps you, that enhances your life, enhances occasions, enhances social occasions, helps you relax, helps you de-stress. And this keeps people stuck for years. This is the root cause of why people drink. And it's this underlying idea that somehow alcohol is a good thing and the fear of stopping is so great. Because if it's a good thing, you know, I'm going to be afraid to stop doing it. Just the same way that I've used this example before, but I see the gym and training and exercise and actually CrossFit because I do CrossFit now. I see that as a beneficial thing. Of course, it's a beneficial thing, right? It's, it's working on health. And if you were to take that away from me, I would feel very, very, very upset. You know, I'd be very, very, very angry. So what do you think happens to the person that sees alcohol as a good thing when you remove alcohol from them? When they say, I'm going to stop for 30 days. It's a fight. It's a battle. It's a war. I don't, they don't want to do it. You know, it's, it's, they've got to resist because they genuinely see alcohol as a good thing. And, and I'm telling you, you know, if you go to places like AA, a lot of those people still have this problem. And you know, they may have stopped drinking, but they haven't got to the root cause of seeing alcohol as a good thing. And again, this is why we apply first principles thinking. Because when you see alcohol for what it is, when you can see that there is no benefit to consuming it, it's like the desire to drink goes away because there is no benefit to drinking it. 
Which leads me to the fifth point. And the fifth point is the people reason from analogy. And this is a, it's a, it's, it's, it's basically a way for people to get conclusions, right? It's, 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 a, it's a way to solve problems. And, and what you do when you reason from analogy is rather than use critical thinking skills, is you basically use common sense. You ask society, you ask other people. And when it comes to alcohol, this is what we do. We say to society, you know, how do I stop drinking? Well, you're going to get told that it's hard, it's difficult, you know, you're going to need to relax. You're going to get told this kind of stuff, right? Why would you want to stop? Why don't you just have one or two? Maybe you're an alcoholic, maybe you're the problem. And when you reason from analogy is you take this kind of information, you take it at face value, you don't look at it and you buy into it. Now, this is a great way to solve problems. Sometimes it can be really good. It's a shortcut. It's a good way for you to uh, get quick feedback on ideas and quick feedback on, on things. But when you've had a problem for many years and you're still reasoning from analogy, right? And, and, and the information that you're getting is not helping you. Well, what do you think happens? The cycle continues, right? It just becomes so difficult to stop drinking. And it's because you're buying into the idea of alcohol being a good thing that's pushed to you from many different sources, from the media to friends and family to normal drinkers. They're all pushing this idea onto you. And then you're asking these same people, you know, how do I stop drinking? And this is the information that you get. So reasoning from analogy is a little bit of a, a catastrophe and it keeps people stuck because they don't use critical thinking skills. They don't break things down from first principles. And like I've said in before, like I said before, you know, if you want to learn more about reasoning from analogy and first principles thinking, make sure to click the training in the description. I break this down in a little little bit more detail and show you how to apply first principles thinking there. Um, but anyway, so this leads me to the sixth point. And the sixth point and the sixth reason why people continue to drink is because they didn't make the decision. And really the decision is the most important thing. The most important thing that you can do on your journey to not drinking is the decision. And I don't mean dipping your toe in the water. I mean a commitment. It's going all in. When you go all in, everything changes. When you cut off all possibilities of failure, that is when things just click. That's when things can just go back to normal again and you can start getting on with your life. And really, you know, most people, when they're trying to stop drinking is they don't make a decision. They just try. They try to stop. Instead of stopping, they try to stop for 30 days. They try to stop for two weeks. They give it a go. They give it a shot. Listen, I'm not giving this a shot. I'm done. I made a 100% commitment. The same way that, I go to brush my teeth in the morning. I'm not going to back out of brushing my teeth once I've decided to do it. Not making the decision to stop drinking keeps people stuck for a very, very long time. Thanks for checking out the Stop Drinking podcast by Sober Clear. If you want to learn more about how we work with people to help them stop drinking effortlessly, then make sure to visit www.soberclear.com.